Hey, welcome back for another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. This just might be the episode that puts you to sleep. Not right now, but later tonight and moving forward in life to help you get a better quality of sleep. So I want to welcome my guest today, Camille Misich, to the show. Hey, Camille, how are you? Hey, Michelle, I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I am fascinated. I definitely have some questions for you. So to introduce you to our listeners, uh, you work with entrepreneurs and executives to rewire their sleep habits. And this is something that a lot of times we don't really connect, but that does help us with things like our competitive edge, our business results, and everything else, including sticking around on the planet a little bit longer to actually enjoy life. So let's start there. What got you into this as a business? Yeah, so much like many entrepreneurs, it comes out of an experience that you had, right? But it wasn't a sleep deprivation story for me. It actually was my mother. So my mother, unfortunately, passed away when I was a teenager, when I was 16. And she had chronic illnesses that were complicated by lack of sleep and stress. And so as I became an adult and I looked back at that and how her life had unfolded, I thought, wow, there are, you know, I put the pieces together, right? There are some clues here. And so fast forward, I got into my professional life, was working in corporate America and started to see some of those same behaviors that I saw in my mother and other people. And I thought, I feel like that doesn't happen to me because I saw it. I connected the dots Mm -hmm. after my mother's passing made sure that I didn't get into those situations. And then I started to see other people. So I just would naturally start to give people tips. And I thought maybe I should, you know, get some formal training to go with what I've already observed and people and and tips I've given and just decided that that's kind of my calling. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I mean, I know I saw on your site that you're a certified sleep coach. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So what does that mean? It's kind of geeky where you actually look at kind of the science of sleep and understand, you know, things like circadian rhythms and sleep cycles and that sort of stuff. But then really, really what you do is you work with people on behavior modifications because Mm -hmm. most people don't think about it initially. But when you think about pharmaceuticals, even the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, they recommend short-term pharmaceutical use and then cognitive and behavioral changes for you to improve your sleep, right? So it's really not a let's get on a sleep medication and stay on it indefinitely. It's really let's change our habits around our sleep so that we can sleep better long-term, right? So. Well, and, and it's tough because it's easy to slip into the habit of, you know, burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, because there is so much that feels like it needs done right now that, you know, you feel like if you stay up later, you'll get more done. But I know my experience has been you just end up in a brain fog. You get far less done, but you feel guilty if you go to sleep earlier, (laughs) even though it's what's better for you. So I can imagine there's a lot of rewiring that has to go on to shift things. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. You really need to kind of I like to call it habit shaping. (laughs) So reshape the habits around your sleep. And it, you know, everybody's sleep challenges are a little bit different. So it might be another person. It might be the stress of running a business. It might be your children, you know, parenting is definitely a sleep disruptor. Um, So you, you know, we just kind of have to figure out, well, what is, what are those sleep challenges? And then what's a reasonable set of habits to sort of shift? You know, I'm not, um, you know, kind of a drill sergeant, if you will, when it comes to stuff like that, like, one of the common ones people will say to me, oh, you're a sleep coach. You must not drink caffeine. Well, actually, I do. I just have really good caffeine usage behaviors, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily about, like, strict yes, no, that kind of thing as much as just 
finding a system that works for you. Exactly, exactly. And so when you have systems in your business that you measure in your dials and your KPIs and whatever, your sleep can be a KPI as well. That is definitely one I do not yet have on my spreadsheet for KPIs. <laughs> I, I never thought about you that. up with a sleep tracker. Don't you worry. And it's beyond the Fitbit. And, and I know people love wearables. That's a big thing nowadays. I like to empower people to mm-hmm. understand what's going on with themselves and to take their own accountability. So I actually like them to do it on paper as opposed to, so, you know. Yeah, you know, that's one thing we started to talk about before we hit record was I, I mentioned, you know, my Fitbit says I need to sleep X number of hours a night. It's just on the default settings. What is that number actually? Because I saw in your notes there's there's a myth around eight hours of sleep a night. There absolutely is. So you know how sometimes it's kind of like the telephone game. Like some st- a study was done a really long time ago, yeah. and it generalized that on average people adults should get eight hours of sleep. Well, it just uh-huh. became the telephone game, and it became everybody should get eight right. hours of sleep. Well, that's not really necessarily that's what the case here. Exactly, okay. and so. Everyone has their own personal sleep need, and it varies. You know, some people, like for me, I'm a seven-hour sleeper. Some people are six and a half. Most people are not less than six, but you could be up to ten. On average, people fall into the seven to nine range, but it's not uncommon for people to be, you know, adults to be ten-hour sleepers. It's not at all uncommon. And that's the actual sleep that they need. Now, whether they get it is a different story, and that's kind of usually where I come in, right? But, yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, I take people through a process on that. That's interesting because you always, because of that eight-hour thing you, you've grown up here, and it's like if you set your alarm for later than eight hours, you feel guilty, like, mm-hmm. well, I really don't need this much sleep. And and we have this mindset, I think, a lot of times of you got to hustle, you got to work harder, you want something, just get less sleep. And it really is sometimes counterproductive, but not just counterproductive, but one thing that, that kind of shocked me, to be honest, was uh, you mentioned that not only are one in two adults in developed nations sleep deficient, but that actually doubles our risk of heart attack and quadruples our risk of stroke. That's yeah. terrifying. It's very terrifying. And, you know, it's funny because I, I, I'm hesitant sometimes to, to share statistics like that because I really don't want to motivate people with fear. I really want to motivate them in a way that it's, it's encouraging and positive. But it's, it's an eye-opener. It really is. And I just think that a lot of times, again, as it, as entrepreneurs, we're trying to serve people. And so we're thinking, oh, no, no, I'm just going to cut my sleep a little bit here. And I'm really, I'm doing this for other people. But you got to take care of yourself first. And nothing is going to sustain your business if you are not sustaining your business. And so it's just so important to take care of yourself. And, you know, I like to tell people that, you know, you can take incremental steps. You can employ napping strategies. You can tell yourself, okay, well, if I have a deadline that I'm coming up on, let's say that maybe two nights a week this week, I will cut my sleep down. So there are strategies that we can work through, but it's definitely not something where you can just say, oh, no, I'm going to sleep when I'm successful. That is, that's, that's diminishing returns, basically. And if you think about it, like you said, you, you clued into the fact that you get the brain fog or, you know, things might take you more time. And that's absolutely the case. You know, your cognitive function is decreased. Your uh, ability to make complex decisions goes down. And you really probably, if you think about it, spend more hours on a task than you would if you were rested. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because my teenager just mentioned to me earlier today a study they saw that said uh, driving drowsy was just as, if not more dangerous, than driving drunk. And I was like, absolutely never get behind a wheel Mm -hmm. if you're tired because your reaction time is slower. Your brain doesn't process things the right way. And it's something that we forget when we're up at 3 a.m. working on something that 
Really? That is not the most productive hour of the day for most people. No, it's not. And, and it's true. Uh, that is, I'm glad that your teenager is reading this because there are more traffic incidents and accidents caused by drowsy driving than there are by drunk and, and drug-induced driving issues yeah. combined in the U.S. So if you add up the drunk driving and the drug, drug-induced driving, greater for drowsy driving. Yeah, it's, it's, wow. it's devastating. Yeah didn't realize it was that shocking of a, a, a total number. Uh, it makes sense because I think we all kind of know when we're tired. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, things are slower. It's also we make snap decisions that aren't always yep. the best decision. And when we're running a business, we can't afford that. So when you're looking at the whole eight hours of sleep thing, how do, how do I figure out where my sleep number really needs to be. Exactly. So if somebody is listening and going, okay, well, if I'm not supposed to get eight hours of sleep, <laughs> am I a six-hour sleeper? Am I a 10-hour sleeper? Um, how do you help somebody figure that out? I actually take people through a process. So I have a, a free guide that I give away. It's a challenge. It's a seven-day challenge. And in that seven days, there's a three-day window where we mm-hmm. actually step through the process of I give you some behaviors that you need to adopt for those three days you figure out what your sleep need is. And then once you know that, then you can make adjustments from a position of knowledge, right? So if you, first of all, never feel guilty if you're getting eight hours of sleep, but if for some reason you're, you're keyed into the eight hours and you're worried that you're not always getting it or you're never getting it, well, let's just reset, figure out what your need is, and then we can work on strategies from there once you know your number. And so it's really just a three-day process where you have to have okay. some behaviors that you adopt. Namely, one of them is you need to be able to wake up without an alarm clock on those three days the three mornings that we do it. So, which is counterintuitive for most people. They're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you are waking up with an alarm clock, you weren't finished sleeping. That makes logical sense. <laughs> My brain is going, wait, 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 wait. That's how I get up. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time I woke up without an alarm clock. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you either you either were not rested enough or you weren't finished with that cycle, that sleep cycle. Uh-huh. One of the two is the case. And so, you know, I set an alarm clock, but almost never is it what wakes me up. It's more my, hey, by the way, now you really should get out of bed, but I'm usually awake before the alarm clock. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's hard for me to imagine at the current moment. Right. I I've been waking up with an alarm clock for so long, I never stopped to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's a habit. Normal, but again, I only ask you to do that for the three days. I don't ask you to do that forever. <laughs> Just the three days. <laughs> okay. Well, I can see where that would help you figure out how much sleep does your body actually want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, and there's some other kind of pieces that you want to you want to put around that. You know, so like, for example, I'm going to ask you in those three days, don't have alcohol. Uh-huh. because that's actually a sleep disruptor. People think, oh, it's a depressant. It helps me fall asleep. Well, it helps you fall asleep, but it, it will sometimes, as it wears off, pull you out of a sleep cycle, and you don't get as deep asleep when you have the alcohol in your system. So especially if you've, depending on when you've consumed it, like if you re- consumed it right before bed, it's definitely going to impact your sleep. You may not notice it, but that's it will. Interesting. That is interesting. You know, it's funny when I first got my Fitbit and it tracks like sleep cycles, right? So it tells mm-hmm. you when you were awake or moving around. I, the first couple of nights I looked at the chart, I was like, I am not getting restful sleep at all. And I had no clue. Yeah. Um, and people think, oh, I was in the bed. I was asleep. Therefore, it was good sleep. Well, no, not all sleep is created equally. That is very true. There's times you sleep eight or 10 hours, you wake up feeling just as tired as mm-hmm. when you went to sleep. Yeah. yeah. 
So exactly. I, can, I can imagine there's a variety of things like that that you hear from clients. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about the alarm clock thing, and it makes me think about falling asleep. So the other side of it that oh, yes. I almost never have trouble actually falling asleep. I mm-hmm. lay down, I'm out, um, which probably is a sign I need a little more sleep. But Yes, it is. <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm like, we could be borderline on a problem if your head hits the pillow and you're asleep. Like, technically, that's some sort of sleep concern. Okay. Yeah. Well, like you should, you should kind of, you know, gradually go to sleep. It shouldn't be like lights out and I'm done. I'm, I'm asleep. Good to know. So, but, but I always those... hesitate to tell people that because again, mm-hmm. especially entrepreneur brains, they think, oh, sweet. Then I can sit there and, you know, I can lay there and think about some things as I'm going to sleep. No, 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 no. <laughs> because that will actually keep you awake. <laughs> Very, very true. Yeah, that, that's the only time I really don't fall asleep immediately is when I have something big on my mind and then I'm laying there just thinking about it. So, what are some tips that that would help people who are listening if they have if they have that opposite problem of me, where they struggle to get to sleep at night and that's messing with their sleep quality without drugs? Because we all know there's pharmaceuticals that knock you out like that. But if you're looking for healthier habits, what are some ways people can naturally start to fall asleep other than sleep deprivation? The number one is to get your blue light devices away from your sleep environment. So a television, a tablet, a phone should not be anywhere near your sleep environment when you're trying to go to sleep. So I know that so many people, millions of them, in fact, if they wake up in the middle of the night, oh, their phone is right there. They pick it up. I'm like, no, no, no. Because guess what? That blue light that comes out of those devices Mm -hmm. tells your brain it's time to be alert. So when you're like, oh, I came out of a sleep cycle, which normally happens. We, we go in and out of sleep cycles all night. You come out of a sleep cycle enough, and if you turn on that thought to think, oh, I'm just going to grab my phone, you know, all bets are off, really. <laughs> you yeah. may not get back to sleep because, again, that light is telling your brain, oh, hey, wait, it's time to be up. Hmm. So how long before bedtime do you recommend keeping those devices away, like, yeah, it depends on your how bad your problem is. Okay. <laughs> so I recommend at least an hour if you okay. know you have a problem. Like if you're and and I one of the other things that I tell people, please, please, please don't use your um, phone as your alarm. Like if you need to use an alarm clock, which most people do, okay. use an actual old school alarm clock. You know, don't okay. use your phone because again, you want to tone down that blue light that's coming towards you. And mm-hmm. if it's on your bedside table, it's still emitting some. If it, Especially if you've got notifications that keep pulsing up. Even though you're, yeah. you've got it silent, the notifications are still pulsing the light on. Then, yeah, it's impacting Right, the light still comes on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. And people think, oh, but my eyes are closed. That light's not affecting me. Actually, it is. Think about it. Have you ever gone outside in the sun and closed your eyes and noticed that you could still mm-hmm. feel the light through your eyelids? Absolutely. Yeah, you're... Yeah. you're your um, your eyelids are not like you know blackening curtains, if you will. So yeah, light still comes in, <laughs> yeah. even when they're closed. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that being something that could disturb my sleep when I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. It absolutely can. Yeah. So even people that fall asleep with the TV on, that's also a really bad habit that you want to try to break if that's if that's something that you do. So number one is get the blue light devices either turned off or away from you, or if you can, all the way out of the room. Got it. That's, you know, it, it's funny. Sometimes it's just those little things, but if you're not aware of them and you, you don't yeah. know, you have no idea. 
Yeah. So it's got to be interesting when you work with clients to see the, the situations they come to you with and you're going, okay, let's go over this. Let's start here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it goes from the relatively simple to sometimes the complex, like if it's a bed partner or a child, it's like, okay, well, we've got to figure out some strategies here. And it might become like, here's the whole family sleep plan. You know, so yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I remember when my when my oldest son was born. So first first baby, I, I was uh, in charge of another human being. I my sleep cycle was so screwed up. Mm-hmm. I would sit like nursing at the keyboard, typing with one hand, trying to keep up with my business, and and nodding off. You know, because mm-hmm. it does like disrupt everything when you're going through that. Um, family can really affect that. How do you recommend having that conversation? So let's say you have a partner, a spouse, a child, somebody else is really affecting your sleep because I'm sure we've got people listening who are thinking, yeah, I want to fix my sleep, but I don't feel like it's in my own control. How do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, it's first it's having a dialogue. And then really, sometimes you have to, like the first step in that change is believing you can have it. And especially, and I'm a mom too, so I know this. Like, when you're a mom, it's like, no, no, no. Like, I thought that the mom card said, I don't get sleep. Well, no, that's not really the case, (laughs) you know? Oh, but it feels like it's so much sometimes. (laughs) It feels like it. No, uh, trust me, I know. So we've got to kind of step into, okay, well, let's just start from a base level belief that, yes, mommy gets to sleep child gets to sleep and let's work from there like what are some things that we can put in place to make sure that everybody gets to sleep and I have to say that sometimes you just need that other person that empowers you like I am you know eternally grateful for having had a really great pediatrician when I had my kids because she said that like I knowing that sleep was important was like well yeah mom card says that I kind of don't get sleep and she said oh no no that's not the case and so she really empowered me very early on, and I thought, oh, great. Okay, so I already think sleep is important, and now I know that I get to hold on to it even as a mom. And so it's just, you know, it's not a wholesale, let's just change everything at once. Let's, I'm a big fan of stepping into things. So when, even if I'm telling someone, okay, ultimately where we landed is that you need to go to bed earlier, you know, I'm stepping him into it 15 minutes at a time. I'm not saying, okay, two hours, like two hours earlier than you normally go to bed, lights out, that's it, you know. So, you know, you've got to figure out what's really going to work for you. And like I said, with entrepreneurs, yeah, I know there are going to be times, I know I've lived them, where, you know, there are going to be some peak periods, you're working on a deadline, and you've just got to have some some right habits around that so that it doesn't become your new normal, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like what you said about the pediatrician and having that support, Mm -hmm. because I think, Honestly, that's one of the biggest things that I love about having a coach, about coaching in general, whether it's sleep coaching or whether it's productivity, whether it's around your team, whether it's around, you know, big picture business, marketing, whatever it is, having that other person give you permission to go do what you really need to do for yourself is really powerful because sometimes it's hard to give ourselves that permission. When we bring somebody else in who's who's certified, who's an expert, who can point to the studies and say, no, what you're already thinking really is right, here's why, or let's change the way you're thinking, here's Mm -hmm. why. It's incredibly powerful. It really, it really truly is. And so, you know, it's like you get to be the bad guy and say, okay, I'm going to tell you what's best for you and I'm going to empower you to do what's best for you. But yeah, it's so true. Especially in the parenting world, like, again, on the list of, you know, the handful of primary sleep disruptors, absolutely parenting is one of them. So, yeah, and it's interesting that now that you have teens, and I don't know if if you're constantly telling your teen, oh, you got to get to bed, but like teenage years and the hormones, sleep changes dramatically in that that window. Yeah, 
So yeah. you've got to you've got to have a little compassion and a little knowledge when you're dealing with teen sleepers for sure. <laughs> yes, that's that's a, a fun challenge. You know, it's it's funny you mention the the parenting piece of it because like when I landed on your site the first time, I remembered you have a um, an opt in a giveaway that's something about best kept secrets for parents to go to really creating more time in their day mm-hmm. instead of being overwhelmed and, and missing yeah. out on sleep. I can't remember what it was called, but I was sitting there thinking, um, where was this 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, it's called the Working Parent Survival Guide. Yeah, because there literally everybody thinks, I don't have any time. And I thought, I will get you back two hours. You just got to come on this journey with me. <laughs> That's awesome. We will put a link for those of you listening in the show notes below the video to that guide. So I'll get that link from you. Um, and, and it's funny, especially if you're an entrepreneur, or you own your own business, People don't seem to count you as a working mom. That was something I ran into constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I run a business and yes, I'm home for my kids, but I'm still a working mom here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They don't, don't realize how much you're juggling and it makes it tough to, to keep up with it because you do have that, that mom card thing. You think mm-hmm. this is normal. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and because, you know, the flip side of that is we tend to be the nurturers, right? So we're trying to nurture our family. We're trying to nurture our business. And at some level, we've got to just stop and say, okay, I got to nurture myself too. And what are those strategies that are going to work for me to be able to do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that it's easy to put it at the bottom of the list. But if you do that for too long, which I've done before, it will land you in the ER. I've yes. Been there. It's yes. not something you want to have a doctor have the conversation with you of you must get more sleep and stress less or next time you land here, it's not going to be something simple. It's going to be yeah. a big deal. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's that's kind of my mission, particularly in the mom space is to, you know, because I lived through that as a child. You know, I lost my mom early and I just you know, really don't want that for anyone else. And so whatever I can do to prevent that, to keep moms and daughters and moms and sons <laughs> together on the planet, I will do. Yeah. yeah, that That's a really, really important mission. People don't realize the things that really do affect how long you get to stay on the planet. And sleep is a yeah. big one that, that we overlook it. We dismiss it. We think, you know, well, I, I feel okay. I'll mm-hmm. just keep going. Yeah, that's, that's really the tricky part is because over time it creeps up on you and you kind of start to reset what is your normal and then mm-hmm. you forget what really rested feels like and you think that you're functioning, you think that you're functioning, you might be getting things done, but you're not functioning, you know, at your best yeah, capacity. That's, and- that's an important distinction that we sometimes think just because we got something done, we got it done well and yeah. it's not the same thing. Exactly. exactly. The, the further I go in business, the more I realize to be able to serve my clients, I have to be able to function at my peak level. I can't be having those mind fog moments. I need to be sharp and on top of it. A big part of that is sleep, part of it's nutrition, some of it's energy management, but they're mm-hmm. all key pieces. If you want to show up and perform, you've got to have all of those in place. Yeah, and I love that you said energy management too because – I think more and more we start to have that conversation, which is amazing. But where do you think that energy comes from? Yes, some of it comes from nutrition, but some of it comes from your sleep. So yeah, so if you if you are in your conscious mind aware that you need to manage your energy and the inter- energy of interaction between other human beings, for example, then yes, you need to refill that energy bucket 
in while you're sleeping. Yeah. So yeah. it's so funny. It took me a long time to actually connect that because I'm pretty introverted. So mm-hmm. when I'm out at events or doing that kind of thing, I would come home and I would literally want to sleep for yeah, days. like give me the blanket. Like yes, and <laughs> and it took me a while to connect that this was my body trying to recover from all the energy that I had put out. Yes, and the same thing's true. I know on the days where I have more coaching clients. I, I actually have to get more sleep or I am so drained I can't put the energy into it that I want to. And it's it's really interesting when you start to connect some of that. Yeah, and that's a key point and I'm glad you brought that up because that awareness is what is key. Because again, once you even know your sleep need, there are going to be times where you need more. Changes of season, when you're outputting more energy, when you're recovering from, you know, a cold or whatever. There are going to be times, peak periods in your business, where you're going to need to slot in more sleep. And that's why I like people to kind of track that consciously. And I honestly like them to track it weekly and just kind of keep a log um, so that they know, you know, okay, oh, wait, what went on? And, what, and oh, I got to bed late that day and I have mm-hmm. more clients two days from now. Okay, in this middle day, I really need to be giving myself a little bit more sleep. And like I said, that could be just more overnight sleep. It could be a napping strategy, whatever that looks like, but just being aware and, you know, you can't improve when you're not tracking, tracking, right? So, Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I can't tell you how many times when I'm working with clients because of what I do with like marketing strategy and stuff, I'll have a client in the middle of a launch and we'll get on a coaching call and my assignment for them literally is go take a nap. Go yes. get some sleep. You can't. You cannot keep pushing like this right now yeah. or things will fall apart on you. And people mm-hmm. both get upset and then they're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> I haven't slept right. in three days. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, no. go to bed. Go to bed. When you wake up tomorrow, message me. We'll figure it out from there. Yeah, get we'll figure sleep. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is easy to get into that mode of just mm-hmm. this all needs done right now. Um, so real quick, and, and we'll wrap up in a minute here, but you mentioned napping. Yes. And that's something that it, it's funny because, you know, I remember all, I went back all those times I told my mother, no, no, no to nap. <laughs> Me too. Like, redo. Can I have them now? <laughs> Is that actually, you know, for me, it's like a kind of emergency. Okay, brain is shut down, must take small nap. Is that something that you recommend people work into their day? Because I've heard different theories on that. I have no idea what science actually I have actually, and in the, if we want to talk about, you know, an offer for your audience, in that I talk about a napping strategy, and there's kind of two prongs to it. The first is kind of the power napping, right? So you need to think Mm -hmm. about where are the places where, you know, like you said, my, fo- my, my focus is bad in this moment, even that you might have even gotten a good night's sleep. And you might say, you know what, I'm just kind of off my game. And here's another thing that pe- we don't, people don't really know unless they've studied this. There is a natural, innate thing in humans that you are supposed to get drowsy twice a day. You're supposed to get drowsy okay. before you go to bed, but you're actually supposed to get drowsy during the day, which is that mid-afternoon <sighs> slump where people normally go for snacks or for caffeine. Don't go for either of those things and don't push through it take a little power nap and that will give you that extra boost and it'll prevent that natural downturn in productivity because you're compensating for that. What is completely innate, um, you know, kind of siesta time, if you will, that people want. So that's a big one. And then also using napping as a strategy where in those mm -hmm. times where you know, you're going to generate a little sleep debt to pay that down and make sure that you don't get on the slippery slope. So, yeah. Gotcha. 
Okay. So that, that's interesting because I know I think most of us as adults, I can't be the only one who feels guilty when we stop oh, yeah. to take a nap, but it feels necessary sometimes. It does. And, and even just sense. 25 it's minutes natural. can be a game changer. You know, I just tell people set a timer, you know, and, and some of that you have to test out. Like some people, I, I generally tell them to start with 30 minutes because it might take you about mm-hmm. five to fall asleep if you're not right. used to taking that nap or you feel guilty about the nap. Um, and just to make sure that you get about 20, 25 minutes and, and it can be a game changer. Um, but just, you know, be kind to yourself. Know that it is not only normal, but that it'll help you in the long run. And yeah, mm-hmm. just a lot of men. I mean, I do it all the time. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you heard that, everybody. You've got permission to take naps during your day. Yes, you do. (laughs) I love that. So and I don't know how many of our listeners will be familiar with this, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on things like biphasic or polyphasic sleep schedules. I tried out the Uberman sleep schedule for about a month. Um, That was an interesting experiment. Um, What's your take on things like that? You know, I haven't gone way down that rabbit hole because in general, I like to tell people, yeah, that I find that sleep hacking is kind of like grave hacking. And so I don't want to be hacking the grave. (laughs) Therefore, I don't even go there, you know, Uh, because that's that's the kind of thing that people are going to abuse, right? And even if you were to do it, like you said, you tried it out for a month, even if, if it were to work for you, because technically what I'm talking about with that whole, that natural, you're going to get mm-hmm. drowsy twice a day, that is kind of biphasic sleep, right? But right. again, you want to use that information for good, not for evil. And so you just want to make sure that it's not in the, in the vein of, well, let me see how little sleep I can get, yeah. making sure that I'm playing with those cycles to kind of mm-hmm. squeeze more hours out, right? Which, again, it's not really squeezing more hours out, right? So, yeah, I'm just not, that's not my thing. I I don't necessarily support that. What I ran into was the rest of the world does not function on that. Well, that too. (laughs) Hello. That that was the biggest challenge for me. (laughs) I tried it out because I work virtually with so many team members around the world. Mm -hmm. So I would find myself up at 3 a.m. with all these messages on my phone. I found a a better way to deal with some of that. that That's a fair point, yeah. Yeah, um, but, you know, I I found if I just check in before I go to bed, make sure I'm organized enough Mm -hmm. and they're prepared, then it's not a problem. So that was a a management issue, not necessarily a a need to wake up differently issue. And I think sometimes we let things interfere with our sleep because it's an easy excuse Mm -hmm. instead of fixing the bigger problem, which in my case was, you know, lack of managing properly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, oftentimes when I'm working with people, it's, it's not even just, just the sleep. It's some other things too, right? It's like, let's talk a little bit about productivity. Let's talk about, honestly, let's talk about saying no to some things. (laughs) That's a big one. I think that's a big one. Boundaries (laughs) around, these are my non-negotiables is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to do a little play on words with that sometimes. So I will tell people, like people say, oh, you know, I'm already overextended and I have a hard time saying no. And I say, this is what you do. Someone comes to you with a new request, and they say, blah, 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 can you do whatever? And you said, I can't commit to that at this time, but if anything changes, I'll let you know. Now, what's crafty about that statement is that that last no is a K-N-O-W no, but they hear no. So you didn't really say no to them, but they hear no because it's the last word that you say, and people always remember the first and the last, right? Mm -hmm. Works like a charm. 
that that's I like that because it's a softer way to set that boundary yes. because a lot of times it, it is something we if we had all the time in the world we'd mm-hmm. love to say yes to yes. a lot more but if we'd like to survive we can't right and if something does change you'll let them know meaning like literally something could get canceled and if I really really want to do it I'll call you back yeah that's a really great tip. I hope everybody wrote that down, that phrasing. And, and wherever you're listening or watching, you can rewind just a second there if you need to catch that again. That'll be a really powerful phrase you can keep in your toolbox to be able to say no and, and be a little stronger with your boundaries. That's a great exactly. tip, Neil. So tell me about your seven-day sleep challenge. You mentioned it a minute ago. Yes. And some of the days are around tracking mm-hmm. uh, and no alarm clocks. So... How does a seven-day sleep challenge work? What's the goal with it? And where can people find more about that? Yeah, so the whole goal is for you to be more aware about what your personal sleep need is and then some strategies to help you get it. It's as simple as that. And so what I do is I take people through a three-day process to understand what their sleep need is. I teach them some things about kind of what we in the business call sleep hygiene, so things like your sleep environment, the habits that you have, your sleep routine in terms of how you wind down, et cetera. And then I step them through after they know their need. Well, here are some strategies on how to pay down your debt if you've been accruing it. Because typically speaking, if you're going to go do the challenge, it's because you know you are not getting the sleep that you need. So, yeah, I just I dispel the sleep myth. I help you figure out how much your sleep need is. And then I give you some strategies for, for managing it going forward. And people can grab that at 7daysleepchallenge.com. It's seven spelled out the word, daysleepchallenge.com. Awesome. All right. So I know where I'm going as soon as we're done here. <laughs> Sevendaysleepchallenge.com for any listeners who'd like to join us. I'll put a link right below the video or in the show notes if you're listening to the audio. And I encourage you to check that out if you're listening to this conversation and thinking, yeah, that kind of describes me. I could use a little more uh, help setting some, some good sleep habits in place so that you can be as productive and energetic as you want to be in the rest of your life. That's great. That's great. Okay, so one question I ask everybody is, what is your favorite thing about what you do in business? That is a great question. And I would like to say it's it's honestly, it's back to that giving people permission. So giving people permission that it's okay to take care of themselves in a very simple way. It's okay to say no to some things. It's okay to set boundaries for other people in your life. And it's okay for you to just get the sleep that you need. And ultimately, that'll help you succeed. That is a great message. I can see why that would be one of your favorite things in business. I, I can imagine the reaction you get from people when you give them permission to actually sleep. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, it's a weird, corny sleep thing, but it's literally like a light bulb turns on. It's like, oh my gosh. Yes, I have permission. And then once they get the sleep, their whole demeanor changes. <laughs> they look better. They're more vibrant. It's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many things, especially for for women, I think, uh, maybe even more so. There's things that we're, we're doing, the, like, facials and, and all of these anti-stress scents and things, when if we just got a little more sleep, it really does affect our skin. It affects our energy. It affects our stress. All of that is fixed by getting a proper amount of sleep. Absolutely. 
All right. So everybody, do make sure that you go stop by 7daysleepchallenge.com. We'll also put a link to Camille's main website below the video in the show notes so you can check that out and connect with her. Uh, I think you just might find she's got a little bit of a different approach to how to figure out what's going to work for you to really feel rested, energetic, and excited when you wake up in the morning, possibly without an alarm clock. I'm going to have to try that one out. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today, Camille. Thanks for having me. I really just enjoyed it. And good luck to your listeners. I'd love to help out if I can. Absolutely. So we'll also have links on the main site at theartofgivingadam.com. You can connect with Camille on all of her social media sites as well as her main site. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today. Wherever you're listening, please rate, review, uh, subscribe to the show, and join me back again for another episode.